The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So a question about sleepiness, and I'm, I'm assuming that this is also in the lying posture that you're talking about the sleepiness coming in. Yeah, yeah. and I have my hand up, I do Yeah. Um, you know, that I think partly, have you just started doing the lying meditation, or have you been doing it for a while? I've been doing it for a while, and it used to be like I had all the things going on in my mind, and I was anxious, and I was doing things. Happily, I don't have that anymore, but now I'm chill enough that I just... Yep, okay. So um, first thing I'll say is um, I do a lot of lying meditation because I also have some back issues. And it is a valid posture. It is possible to be alert in that posture. I think what you're noticing, the the shift from, um, you know, being kind of like there was a lot to keep you occupied when the mind was being more uh, agitated, Uh, to the mind being more settled and just very naturally the mind falling asleep from that place. So, um, you know, I think partly that's a, in some ways it's a good sign in that the mind has learned to let go of a lot. But then there needs to be maybe a little bit of interest in the experience of that kind of ease. So you don't have the usual kind of body sensations or other mental activity to keep you uh, attentive, and in this practice, um, you know, so this practice being very much just okay. Well, what's here? What's here? There may be just a little bit of increasing the curiosity around that experience of it feels easeful. The mind feels rest, rested, or relaxed. What is that experience like? Can you add a little bit of curiosity to that? You might, I mean, you might also keep your eyes open. I, I don't know if you're keeping your eyes open, but that, that can help too. Um, sometimes in the lying posture, um, it can be helpful to use a little bit of a, um, an anchor in a way, although maybe slightly different. Um, um, one thing that I used to do a lot in the lying posture is, is like I would just have my eyes open and one of the things I would attend to is could I notice when the eyes would close so that, you know, then, then just open them again. Uh, so sometimes we can, we can use that as a, as a support. But what I'd really encourage is the curiosity about there being more ease. You know, what is actually going on? You could do a little bit more of a, um, a checking in to what is actually happening, um, maybe in a receptive way, but kind of scanning or, uh, what's the right word, Um, alternating various areas of experience. So like, okay, I'm aware, and what is awareness aware of in the body right now? What is awareness aware of in seeing right now? So maybe alternating the senses a little bit to help keep the mind a little more engaged. Um, but again, you know, really, uh, the most thing I would encourage is the state of mind itself to begin to notice the kind of the softness of the mind, the driftiness of the mind, and this in general, you know, sleepiness is a big a big thing. I mean, how many of you noticed some kind of sleepiness? <laughs> so it, it happens to us in the sitting posture as well as in the lying posture, and often there is a. Um, uh, a, a kind of a perspective that, well, when there's sleepiness, I can't meditate or I can't be mindful. And so I need to change the sleepiness in order to be aware. 
and or change that kind of soft mind, change that kind of you know drifty or dreamy quality. Sometimes it's it's not it's not so much um, that we're gone, but but more that there's just this kind of floaty quality in the mind. And and there's something in the other ways that we've learned to meditate that we feel like that is not mindful. You know that does that means I'm not being mindful if that's happening. And so the, the, the kind of flip that can happen in this practice is a curiosity around, okay, this is the state that's happening right now. Can I, what is it like to be aware while this driftiness is happening or while this low energy is happening? There's a lot to be aware of there. And the, the kind of, but the idea that it has to change is often, that's an attitude, that's a relationship. So you might check, first of all, is there a sense of this is not okay for this sleepiness to be here. Um, I have to change it. I have to you know, have the mind be some other way. And if you have that thought, and so in general, you know, if, the, if you are noticing kind of a sleepiness or actually any state of mind in which you think like spaciness or, or, um, or whatever, you know, it's like if you're noticing I'm too X to meditate. I'm too sleepy to meditate. I'm too spacey to meditate. There is some awareness there. I mean, you, you are recognizing that state in saying that to yourself. It's like, oh, there's too much of this to meditate, or it's, it's, this is not okay. I can't meditate with this. If you have that thought, then I would like to suggest that you actually are already aware of the state, and to add a little bit of curiosity. It's like, okay, well, this is what this is what it's like to be aware while sleepy or while foggy or while um, drifty. There's an analogy that I sometimes use around this. Um, uh, when we have a mirror, you know, a mirror is actually a pretty good analogy for mindfulness because a mirror reflects what is happening. And the mindfulness is kind of a reflective capacity of mind. We know what we know. We know that we know. And, you know, when we're in, when we see things in a mirror, we, we, um, we can know that the mirror is reflecting based on what it's, what it's, what we're seeing in the mirror. And then, so that, that's, there's kind of a clarity to the way that the mirror reflects. And there can, be a, there can be a clarity to the way that mindfulness reflects experience or the way that we know that we know. And yet there are times that that mirror is coated by steam. And when that mirror is coated by steam, it's like it's not reflecting what's in the room. But at the same time, we know that the mirror is actually doing its job perfectly. It is reflecting every single drop of water that's on the mirror. And so it's not that the mirror isn't working. It may be in standing in front of the mirror that the mirror is not doing the job that we want it to do in that moment. We have some agenda. We want to look at ourselves to get ourselves prepared for, for the day. And so the mirror is not doing the job that we want it to do, but it's doing the job that it's designed to do, which is reflect the steam. You know, reflect what's ever there, which happens to be in this moment, the steam on the mirror. So the, um, the analogy with sleepiness is it's kind of like a fog in the mind. It's like there's this fuzziness or vagueness. Or it's, it's, so our mind is, is, is doing that, 
And it may not be doing the job that we want it to do in terms of, you know, being able to notice very clear, precise experiences of sensations or thoughts or, um, or sounds or sights. And yet what the, sometimes when there is sleepiness, the easiest thing for mindfulness to do is to know sleepiness. It's like that's what mindfulness is naturally reflecting in that moment. That's what's going on. And so can, can there be a kind of a curiosity of, okay, I know, I know that sleepiness is happening. What is it like? What is that like? What is that experience like? What is that fogginess like? What is that driftiness like? It's not a precise experience like a body sensation or a sight. And yet it is, um, it is something that our minds can know. Just that kind of that... Another, another analogy might be when we look up at the sky at night on a moonless night, um, there are the stars and the planets that we can see very precisely. We can know those very precisely. And then there's the Milky Way, which is much more of a vague uh, kind of wash of experience. And with that wash of experience... Um, we can take in, we don't, when we look at the Milky Way and we appreciate the Milky Way, it's not because we're looking at individual little patches. It's, it's more the, the, the vastness of it that we appreciate. And then there's the, the deep, dark, like velvety blackness of the sky itself that also can be known and appreciated, which is also a, um, not a precise thing. We don't usually appreciate the, the deep, you know, velvety darkness of the sky based on a little patch. It's much more of a broad kind of experience. And similarly with our minds, you know, we, so we can know in physical and in um, different sense areas this way that the mind can take in precise, narrow experience and broader, fuzzier experience. And similarly in our minds, we can take in precise experience of a thought arising or the state of oh, fogginess is happening in the mind. And so it's, 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 a, it's a learning, a learning to take in these broader experiences. And sleepiness is a great oh, avenue for learning that capacity, actually. I had a couple-year period in my practice where low energy, sleepiness, dullness were a big part of the practice. And finally, in st- uh, I began to recognize, well, this is what's happening so rather than resisting it or fighting it or trying to change it, there became much more of a curiosity. And so that's where checking the attitude or it's like, okay, well, this is happening. How am I with this? Well, I don't like it. Okay, well, that's happening and I don't like it. But can I get curious about that experience, about that low energy experience, about that drifty experience? And there's a lot of these more vague kinds of experiences that happen to us while we meditate. They're not only the, the, uh, the hindrances, those things that get in the way. They're not only sleepiness or dullness or restlessness, things like that. They're also beautiful states of mind. The concentration state is kind of one of these um, broader states of mind that's not a precise experience. The the, the qualities of mind, of equanimity, of, of love, these are states that can be known mostly in this broad kind of uh, way, not a precise kind of way. We can recognize them through, through some precise signs, for instance, a, a thought 
around a connected feeling of care or love. And yet the feeling is not uh, precise necessarily. It's often much more of a, of a vague sense. And so exploring some of these, um, these states, so you know, with the sleepiness, being curious about, okay, well, this is here. What is it like to be with that? Seeing if there can, can be a curiosity rather than a resistance and playing with that possibility. And there will be times when we fall asleep and then you may need to do some other things like you know, opening your eyes or tracking the eyes closed or, or certain things to help you uh, not just be asleep. That's not what I'm encouraging here is to just like be passed <laughs> out. Uh, but the curiosity. You know, there was one sitting... Uh, where uh, I learned that this was even a possibility, actually. I was so sleepy, and, and you know, I, I was just falling asleep a lot, but then I just, I, I didn't resist it. I, I just got curious about it, and I began just being curious about, well, okay, what is it like to feel that? And the first feeling, in this case, I was sitting up. I was sitting upright, so I did get a little bit of a, a feedback. You know, I would feel like the, the kind of softness in the body, the kind of a softening of the muscles and then, you know, it's just kind of like the body slumped a little bit. And then the mind started to get this like oscillating kind of quality. And then I would fall asleep, I would drop. That would wake me up and then I would just do it all over again. And so, you know, the sitting from the outside looks something like this. You know, it had that that bobbing quality. Um, And yet there was quite a bit of mindfulness because there was the curiosity around the state of mind. And at some point, the mindfulness got strong enough that I could feel the kind of the place where it was going to sink. And at that point, I I could like just straighten the body a little bit. That gave it a little bit of energy. And then... I would let it happen all over again. So at that point, it became more like this. Instead of the full fall, there was the the sense of when the mind was going to drop. So you could also play, I don't know if you can do standing meditation. You know, if you're really sleepy, sometimes that might be a way to explore that you know that kind of you can you feel the the body losing its balance and and adjust with that so when you're really sleepy you could try some standing meditation also yeah, thanks for the question yeah there's a mic here would you pass the mic back thank you for being so kind about the sleeping thing because I was doing a lot of it to, today I, I don't know I needed the sleep I guess um, but I, I found that when I was walking I walked down the block and then around all the way to the main street and I was walking a little faster than other people I just find it's easier for me to walk that way and um, I would hear a sound, you know, my body would react to a sound, and then I would hear it. I would try to be aware of it. And then 
something would trigger a thought after that. It was like I couldn't get to the next awareness without having an attachment to it, a thought that was attaching to it, like a nostalgic thought, or, mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. or a, you know, oh, the crunch of the leaves, uh, you know, reminds me of the east. And so I was wondering if you had any comments about that. So what, what you're noticing there, is, I mean, so you did notice, so there was the sound, for instance, the crunch of the leaves, and then there was, what you said was, I couldn't get to the next awareness because a thought came up. It's like, that is the next awareness. It's like, oh, that memory or that association, that comes up. That happens automatically. It's, it's the associative nature of the mind. And so we can begin to notice that. So great that you notice that. The only little kind of shift is, that too is just something to know. It's like, oh, memory. That's the next thing that's coming up. And, and maybe that lasts a little while, and then there's, you know, then there's another sound or another sight that the mind kind of lets go of that and shifts to something else. So it's just really just noticing what's happening in the mind. I was trying to stay in the present. That thought arising is in the present. <laughs> Something that's really fun about this practice is how permissive it is. You know, when we can just, it's just like everything is allowed here. And just like, can you be aware of that? It's like, yep, that too, that too. So there was a little bit of an attitude of that's not a valid thing to be aware of. You know, so that, that was, it's, that's just a view, it's just an idea. And so hopefully this kind of pops that idea and just like, yeah, there, there's a thought that's in association with that. And then the next thing might be an emotion that's connected with that thought. Or it might be the next thing is just like, that having seen that, it's just like, oh yeah, that thought. And then, and then there's something else that the mind is interested in and it just moves to that. So it's really just being very... Um, Allowing and it's very respectful of what is happening in your mind and just exploring the possibility of, oh, this is the next thing that's happening. Can I know that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, over here. Oh, Brian, could you pass the mic? Thank you. Uh, I find myself um, wondering during the practice um, what the qualities of someone who has achieved total awareness is like. Um, I can see uh, what you mean that um, I'm, I, when I'm trying to be um, aware, I find that I am curious with an agitation, <laughs> I think, currently. Um, and I suspect that with time that the agitation part would fade out a little bit. But um, you mentioned that um, there is an easeful quality to awareness. And I was wondering how to, like, is this something that one would eventually get to, for example? Yeah, so that's a great question. The, um, so noticing um, uh, that there's a little bit of an agitation with how you're aware. So noticing that, have you been able to kind of be aware of, oh, this, this, there's an agitation here. Yes, but it feels like turtles all the way down. Yeah, yeah. so there's an agitation to the agitation. 
Yeah, so, so I would just let it be at some point as opposed to, and what's my attitude about that? And what's my attitude about that? And what's my attitude about it is? It can be turtles all the way down um, or just agitation all the way down. But, you know, we can just like knowing that. It's like, okay, yes, there is that agitation. What is that like? So what is that experience like in the mind? So kind of maybe a kind of a jittery quality here or in the mind or... Um, uh, how does it affect the body? Maybe there's a little bit of tension that comes in. So just knowing that that agitation is there, what's what's happening? So there's something happening, and then there's this agitation. You know, so there's a, a sight or a sound, and there's agitation. Maybe that agitation is more just a habitual kind of approach. It's not particularly about the sight or the sound, but more just like this is the way that you've learned to approach the world. And that, you know, so just knowing that, just being aware of that. Over time, uh, that awareness, if you are aware of it, you know, one of the things you're probably noticing is how unpleasant that is. You know, that 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 agitation doesn't particularly feel good. And that's part of the reason for why it feels like turtles all the way down because there's there's an unpleasant experience with the agitation and we don't like that, so we're agitated about wanting to get rid of that. And then we may feel that agitation and there's an agitation about wanting to get rid of that. So if you can just kind of stop at some point, it's just like, okay, yes, this is what it's like to feel agitated. This is that experience. If you can be with that without like um, getting lost in the thoughts around it, but you can be with it. So there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a learning that we need to, to do around when can we be some, with something that's a little bit challenging and when does trying to be with that actually make us more agitated or more frustrated? Or So it's like, are we getting pulled into the rabbit hole of that mind state by trying to be mindful of it? So we need to be honest with ourselves around that. If we are getting pulled into the rabbit hole of it, then trying to be attentive to that with mindfulness is probably not, not the thing to do at the moment. You might want to shift your attention to something that's a little easier to be with. Maybe, um, maybe being with hearing or seeing or the breath if that's available and feels like a comfortable place or maybe just like grounding in the body, the contact, just something where the, the, the mind can kind of land with that. But if you are able to know, oh yeah, this, there's agitation here and this is what it feels like. Yeah, it feels a little bit jittery, feels, you know, feels like the mind is kind of uh, jumping around. If, if, that, if the mind can be aware of it in that way without losing awareness and without that kind of sense of the agitation getting stronger, then there is a learning happening that will over time lead to the kind of weakening of that state. So it's a little bit of a trust there, but we also do need to recognize when, when we can be with something and when it's actually making it worse. So if it's pulling you into it, that's not the time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Maybe one more. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my neighbor uh, recently had a really bad stroke, and she was a pretty close friend of mine. And I'm finding the way I'm reacting to it is like, First, I'm just like really in a lot of grief. And then I'm like, oh, well, we weren't getting along so well, so I'm just going to let that go. 
And then I'm, oh, I feel so sorry for her husband. And then I, oh, I hope her cat's being cared for well. (laughs) So I'm not, I think I'm just trying to hold it in a way that's not, you know, like rejecting and pushing it away. And also not that's really in a big tragic mental state around it, which is probably pretty natural when somebody you know well has a serious illness. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, what do you recommend? (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're noticing the different relationships. Yeah. What's the relationship to noticing those different relationships? Are you kind of feeling like I should have one relationship or or is there a sense of well, it's natural for there to be just as you said it's natural for there to be a lot of different relationships. So what is the relationship to noticing all of this? I think it's a it's a matter of acceptance. That yes. That's probably the only route. Indeed. And <laughs> They're not sure how much function she's going to regain. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So there's there's a piece there where potentially, you know, an opening to there's a lot of a lot of relationships you mentioned and you know, some of them are kind of more like, well, it was hard anyway, so you know, <laughs> maybe I should just let it go or not deal with it. That's maybe got a little more aversion to it. Right. And yeah. other ones which is like, Oh, what about her cat? You know, ooh, there's some compassion there. Uh-huh. So maybe touching into the, the deeper emotions that are there with those thoughts mm-hmm. might support you also. It's like just recognizing when there's that kind of constricted quality of, like, right. oh, it would be easier not to deal with this, yeah. versus the more open, connected sense of, ooh, what about her cat? What about her, her partner? You know, how, yeah. how is that going to be? So, so connect, maybe connecting to those feelings would be useful. They are there. And sometimes as we actually become aware of them, it supports us. Mm-hmm. It supports us to begin to recognize with the, the constricted ones how we feel tight and constricted. Yeah. How with the, the, the open ones, the ones like compassion, how we feel kind of yeah. more fluid and more open. That is also learning for us mm-hmm. to notice the differences between those different qualities of mind. I think um, it's a patience thing. A lot and of it is patience, yes. On my part, it's patience. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. So um, let's do a short sitting.